Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations, Awakening Your Authentic Self for Soul Growth. And tonight is November 21st, 2021. And we have special guests, of two authors who really bridge the East and the West of astrology in a wonderful book that's soon to be published December 8th on Amazon, Llewellyn Publishers is publishing it. Of course, you could probably publish. Anyway, it's called wherever you order it, Astrology by Moonlight. And isn't that apropos? Today is the eclipse. Well, it's not today is the eclipse, but let's say because we're meeting with East and West, we're actually recording this on the eclipse. Thank you. Didn't quite mean to say all that, but I have, haven't I? And so, yes, it is appropriate. It is all about the moon our best neighbor, and yet, what do we know about it? For those that know nothing, this is a perfect book. It's very explanatory, as I understand. But also for those that know a lot about the moon, because some of us are rather obsessed about the moon, we see it every night. If we have a good sky, changes in its phases, there's still big takeaways. So the two authors that I have the privilege tonight to be with is Tara All of California, USA, and also Ashwin Subramanian of India, which is on another day, 13 and a half hours away from Pacific time. So this book is that context of the lunation cycle and how it applies beyond the sun and the moon to all the planets that's modern and traditional and I'll explain why because they bridge both the astrologies that have been with us since the beginning of time well, our time anyway, and way back before. So, and it's about cycles and phases. So let me tell you about Tara All. Tara All is an evolutionary astrologer, a writer, artist, and tarot reader, the author of Astrology by Moonlight and co-author of Natural Astrology Houses, Science, Planets. And she has an archetypal approach that's experiential and takes the technique of Planets on the First. And she created a series of YouTube videos called We Are the Planets. I really find that so appropriate and wonderful. She, Tara teaches and speaks in conferences. She has quite a wonderful resume. Norwalk, UAC, ESOR, Kepler College. And publicates, not publicates, has publications, <laughs> articles. <laughs> Thank you. And, and Mountain Astrologer and She's a past member, in fact, of the Talk Cosmos monthly panel, Planet Buzz, which I was so grateful for. She helped initiate our YouTube in December 2020 and has departed for many of her obligations as of June. She's currently the resident astrologer and lead writer for Sage Goddess and serves on the ESAR Board of Marketing Director, which is one of our great uh, um, organizations in astrology. So thank you, Tara. It's a pleasure to return with you. And co-author Ashwin Subramanian is an author of Fadaria, 
and Astrology by Moonlight. He is the founder and publisher of the online astrological magazine called Celestial Vibes. He has a foundation in Vedic astrology and a keen interest in Hellenistic medieval astrology. And so his practice blends the three of these traditional forms of astrology. Bridges, quite a wonderful development that we're learning constantly on for modern astrology. In addition to being an astrologer, he has a double master's degree in finance and labor management, so glo and works in an investment bank and interested in global economy and finance, which is certainly the name of the how can I say it's a sign of the times right now. It's impacting all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Ashwin enjoys playing South Indian classical music on his electric guitar. That's, so that's sort of a bridge between modern and you know the ancients too. And your philosophy is just like mine. I love live and let live. If I had to choose one thing, I'd say that. I really <laughs> answer to it. And you can find both Tara and Ashwin on the website for Talk Cosmos, because they have websites. Tara's her names, and um, Ashwin's is theaverdic.com. So thank you, and hello. I'm so glad to have this maiden voyage, for me anyway, with your upcoming book, The um, Astrology by Moonlight. Yeah. I have a question. How did you come up with the idea for this book? Please. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a very, uh, I mean, it brings a lot of, a lot of nostalgia, but uh, uh, I think it was a divine call uh, where uh, we have to go back at least to 2018 mm -hmm. um, and probably even before where uh, I found Tara's work in uh, our mutual friends, Miljana Gavran Kick's mm -hmm. uh, wonderful Infinity Astrology magazine. Uh, I think Tara had written some articles on tarot. Um, <laughs> even though I don't do tarot, I just tend to read uh, everything that kind of comes by my way. So um, I think it took almost nine months to ten months, probably even a year for me to kind of reach out to Tara uh, and, and you know, talk about a little bit of uh, astrology and exchange thoughts that like what we are doing uh, with each other's astrology. And I think, uh, I don't even remember how we ended up uh, writing that Mercury and the Moon article. I think it was a very casual uh, discussion, which uh, ultimately ended up into an article. Uh, I think it's good to kind of mention it here. We kind of wrote the article and we pitched it to the TMA, the Mountain Astrologer. Yeah. But uh, I mean, with all due respect, I think they've been doing uh, great work in, in terms of uh, promoting astrological articles of exceptional quality over the past 30, 35 years. Mm -hmm. But still, I think they've, uh, they, they, they did not want to go ahead with our article uh, or probably with the theme for, for reasons unknown. But still, I think we are extremely glad and uh, and <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great thing that they rejected it because it ultimately turned into a book which we never expected uh, yeah. when, we, uh, when we actually started writing the article. Uh, the first one was Mercury and the Moon. Yeah. Uh, so, and since then, and and I think all this came uh, after uh, our meeting in India. I think Tara and I met mm. in uh, 2019 in in, yeah. in an astrology uh, astrological conference in That's India. Right. Mm -hmm. 
so uh, yeah so i think tara will give her version of uh, whatever i think she, she <laughs> so well yeah. no i mean it's true we we i i, I don't remember all the specifics either but we we originally did a podcast together on your channel and it was about evolutionary astrology and so uh in that process we started talking about the moon and about astrology and you were talking about how in vedic astrology the moon is mind and then we just started really getting into mercury and the moon and at some point we just decided to turn it into an article and the the, the cool thing mm. about this was it's true frank clifford was kind of the go-between he was gonna you know help us get it into the mountain astrologer and we were all excited about it and it was ashwin who this was about the time that we were both going to speak at that conference in india and so we we both knew there were other publications we could get that article in but that's when ashwin recognized he's like i think this could just be a chapter and and we should back up a little bit because this this book does have a lot of basics meaning um it's got information on each of the planets really in depth it has information on the solely lunar phases uh but what it does that i'm not aware that any other book does is it talks about the moon and phasal relationship with each planet so in other yes. words what is your moon mercury phase what is your moon venus phase what is your mercury phase right so love it so, so we so and for us there was no material to to look this up so we were we were really kind of pioneering and yeah as we and certainly you know we're standing on the shoulders of dame rujar with the whole lunation cycle and you know we're 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 i have such respect for dame rujar anyway it was a delight to be able to take that material and work yes. with it in a new way but um yeah so we just when like when ashwin says it's a divine calling we both feel that way and and even in our working together um and this seems feels like a very moon thing too like we like uh, intuitively we just sync so we ah. even through all this process i mean we had some meetings but we actually didn't have to talk that much stuff out we just sort of naturally did it don't you say ashwin it was interesting we just really just kind of came out well that's a beautiful thing about language and i'm thinking astrology is that language yes yeah. so that regardless of how and the problem with the astrology is we try to interpret it so actually yeah. you could say it was a three-way street it was like english <laughs> and you know indian speak your language going into this other essence so oh. beautiful and we call it ashwin's very good to say this too that he says it's it all meets in the heart and that's yes. very much that's very much the moon and so for us we 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 weren't writing this book to try to give a bunch of answers we wrote the book to really expand our consciousness around what working with the moon can look like in different ways to work with a chart that aren't so static right in some ways we work with so many things that don't move and this is a way to really work with sort of life cycles and phases are all about working with things as they move and that's you know that that dynamic energy is interesting but yeah yeah well, i have unless you had another comeback here ashwin i don't want to stop that but i had another question but what did you did you have a shall i ask it or did you have some feedback that you wanted to elaborate on no here i think as tara mentioned we did not uh, have much to talk about i think we had a total of three meetings for the entire book like one was uh, just after the mercury uh, moon thing when we actually decided uh, tara went back to us from the indian uh, trip and we had a meeting on mm. zoom and uh, that's probably when we decided that it's going to be a book so the uh, when uh, i when i pitched in the idea and when we both 
I mean, uh, th- there is no agreement. We could just say yes. Th- there is no other uh, point yeah. of uh, conversation. So, Amazing. Yeah, so, well, so you know, we, I was thinking. Hmm, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just going to say that uh, uh, we, we also had a challenging time when both of us had some health issues by the uh, third quarter and the fourth quarter of 2019, yeah. uh, where we did not make much of a progress. Which is when we again had to. uh fall back and have a meeting and since then uh we never stopped but i think we had one meeting towards the end when we were uh, about to write about the outer planets relationship with yes. the moon yes so th- that's the exact three meetings that we yeah. had uh for the entire book so how interesting that's like personal social and intrapersonal you could almost say you know you had these three meetings and one <laughs> comment you know in a way and i was thinking too though that the tma the mountain astrologer you know tem passed somewhere yeah. around 2018 so they were going through i bet mm-hmm. now with ray sap as the publisher she would be delighted to have anything of this nature oh, but, but we but, ask, but, but mm-hmm. we mean it we mean it when we say like we're delighted well, yes. they didn't publish it so well it's like a <laughs> and that makes me feel like that's like the moon the moon as we know waxes all months until it wanes and then it eclipses such as on the 18th 19th of of November this month or on the 4th of December coming up and it it, it it's it, it's an experience that one prompting the next angle so we'll cuz maybe that was really all about how it was relating to your planets too like i don't know but what so maybe you've covered this but you have two different perspectives and backgrounds but it seems like it flowed even through the cultures that this really wasn't an obstacle if anything you used the material as a resource and it just yeah good yeah and for me um ashwin's been uh such a well really instrumental for me so ashwin in western astrology is a sagittarius and i have north node in sagittarius so oh, yeah. for me doing this like by culture, you know, east west meets thing and even me going to India, right, spending time in that space has been such a growth for me and so even the ways that I looked at astrology, evolutionary astrology just in our conversations which weren't always in person but even in our back and forth chatting just hearing him say things, different words, different ways and me having to sort of rethink language in the process gave me a new appreciation and understanding of stuff I thought that I had you know understood so and that mm-hmm. i mean what a nice example of that ninth house sagittarian energy right that that experience of something unknown that brings you back home to what you thought you knew you know it's i i i feel in some ways this book for me brought me closer to myself and that came from getting out of myself and so that's and and that mm-hmm. feels like a moon moon kind of thing too you know moon and home and you know finding that where we belong and that it's not necessarily where we thought it was or how we thought it looked so that's perfect and ashwin mm-hmm. how for you and with your traditional um uh, which is different from the evolutionary uh, in some ways although they both use uh, ra- uh the nodes hugely you know yeah. so see uh, i think it was quite easy for me to uh you know work with a lot of things that's foreign to me uh because i was uh, i was very much introduced to western astrology 
uh, even before uh, my association with Tara. Uh, but I was not largely introduced to the idea of uh, the outer planets. So I had to spend some time uh, and, and kind of go through a lot of things. And I had to read through Stephen Forrest's works <laughs> and all those things. Uh, and I had to use outer planets for, for at least a year to kind of be able to understand what's happening. Uh, so, uh, and especially when it, when it comes to outer planets, I think uh, uh, th- there is a lot that I learned in probably just one hour conversation with Tara mm-hmm. that I mentioned uh, a few minutes back. Like uh, That's the last call that we had for our book. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one of the most instrumental things. And that's probably the first time I actually took notes. Uh, <laughs> for our book because uh, I'm, I'm a very spontaneous person and a very yeah. organic person and I don't have this habit of uh, taking a pen and a paper and kind of writing it down but I had to kind of uh, have this schoolistic approach to kind of get in uh, line with the 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 inner space of the outer planets so uh, but apart from that uh, as Tara earlier mentioned we did not have much of reference point uh, reference points although the idea of planetary phases uh, and the relationship with between the two planets are, are not alien uh, to astrological circles. Uh, yeah. But I think uh, we kind of ex- expanded on the solely lunar idea of Dane Rudyar, but the, the most earliest uh, reference that we probably have to some extent is Firmicus Mutton as the 4th century astrologer, but uh, we did not kind of... Uh, uh, have access to to that at that particular point of time. I, I read Firmicus Maternus uh, a bit later, uh, but I think that is the most uh, solid work that's ever written in traditional astrology, as far as I know, uh, mm-hmm. with regards to Moon, its in its relationship with other planets. But still, there is no phases. So right. Right. Uh, I, I think the, uh, with with phases, I think we clearly expanded on Dan Rubia's idea. Uh, of the sun moon to again with between mm. moon and all the other planets mm. so th- and we had to kind of relate from our own personal experiences so yes, we used to totally. talk how so we used to talk how uh, we used to kind of uh, have this uh, i have this moon venus opposition uh, in my chart so i had to talk about how it is and i have this moon uh, Jupiter and Moon conjunction. So I, I had to kind of relate with my personal experience, and so did Tara. <laughs> and we we kind of had multiple mm-hmm. conversations about uh, uh, how uh, our own charts kind of taught various mm-hmm. things to us. And uh, given the fact that Tara is already doing her planet in first series, uh, <laughs> she, she probably yeah. was doing. I think you were doing it for probably one and a yeah. half, two years before uh, our book. Uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I think all these personal experiences and uh, uh, astrological prior astrological experience kind of helped us understand a lot of nuances uh, and uh, and you know especially the inner manifestation of what a planetary phase uh, uh, could kind of mean to a specific yeah. person. Not in terms of just event manifestation, but also in terms of how things can manifest internally and help in yeah. uh, personal growth and development. Yeah, that's the. Beauty. I am eager now to hear all your all and any insights that are coming forth, because really, that is the fact, isn't it? The moon is our personal gauge, our compass to how we're feeling, how we're manifesting. You know, it's in each 
of our different signs. And uh, it's, it's um, always shifting and telling the story. So again, yes, as it was just put on, this is Astrology by Moonlight by Tara All and Ashwin Subramanian of India and United States. So the wisdoms, what flushes forth that we have, that either, you know, we can begin, either of you can begin to share that maybe whether it was, I mean, I know you spoke about Mercury and then you have the opposition with Venus, like how maybe, how would... Well, the well, the, one of the things that we, when we were thinking about this, um, the book is kind of from the point of view of the moon, right? And which we like because, well, I like, especially because in evolutionary astrology, the moon really does link with the ego, the sense of separate self, not the moon by itself, but it's a big piece of it, right? And so the moon, and so you, you started talking about this moon being the most personal part of ourselves, um, how we react, our habits, our rhythms, what makes us comfortable. I always think about the moon as kind of our little okay meter. Like in every moment of my life when I'm deciding, am I okay or am I not okay? That's part, a big part is my moon that's making that decision moment to moment. And it's subconscious most of the time, right? But there's this piece. And so when we were thinking about, you know, the moon inside of us, we were thinking about how does it, how does it bridge with the other parts of us? So each chapter in this book is set up basically like the moon and Mercury is bridging the heart and mind, right? Bridging the emotional and the logical mind. So each pair moon with each planet is a different bridging and how those parts of you, for example, moon being emotional mind, Mercury being logical mind, the phase that those are in together talks about, shows you a lot more or reveals a lot about where you are in bridging or integrating those two parts. Yes. So for example, if it's a new phase, you know, the heart and literally the heart and mind or the intellectual emotional mind have just kind of come together. Right. Mm. I mean, astrologer Mark Jones talks about that conjunction, the new conjunction, like two people are on a couch for the first time together ever. They've never sat together before. So that's such a different feeling than, for example, full phase where they've been doing half the cycle together and now there's, you know, a different perspective to see each other. So we but pretty much we dance kind of around or through each of the pairs in that way. And so, for example, uh, moon and Venus m- bridging me and we, right? Moon oh, being yes. we, mo- moon being me, myself, and Venus being me in relationships. And so all of us can think about our own experiences of, you know, everybody's different. Some people are more, more focused on the me. Some are more focused on the we, right? And you can see some of that in the interplay between the moon and Venus. And again, the phase will kind of show you where you are in that development. What I want to mention that was especially cool about this is, and Ashwin and I agreed a long time ago that we wouldn't tell people who wrote what part of this book. I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people may be able to figure part of that out. Um, and, and honestly, some chapters we split up, some chapters, one of us did the intro, one of us did the phases, some chapters, and it, so we, we tried it different ways throughout. But what I really enjoyed was when he wrote one and I would go back and read my phase the way he wrote it. Oh. And it was just amazingly on point in ways that I would have never thought or said. But when I read it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like that's and sometimes yeah. it would even be a little bit like it almost felt a little bit like, you know, someone getting you naked for a second because they see something that you're like, yeah. how do we how do we how do we know that? And so 
that gave me kind of more encouragement, like to work with these, this even more. Uh, and, and to this day, still, I, I keep this little list of all my little phases on my desk and I go back and I relook. Oh, I love this. Yeah. I just love it. Yes, I think that's, I, I'm often, I love the idea of the synodic, not just the sun, but the two planets. Any, yeah. like last year we had Saturn and Pluto and we had, yeah. and then there was just recently Mars, of course, every two years. It's really mm. pivotal if you, if how much information can we take in at any one time? But if we were to focus on something and the moon is absolutely great. I think you have something to say here, Ashwin. I want to hear it, but I'm thinking of the moon and Mercury. If I remember with um, mythologies, that really the moon is our first thinking, isn't it? In some ways, yes. It's the they're so related. There's uh, some thinking about that. I think moon is all about what we uh want so the it's it's a human tendency to kind of look at what we want at that particular point of time so it's it's really not about what's good for us or what's bad for us but i think mercury kind of points out to us in terms of what's good or what's bad for us because mercury knows how to rationalize things but moon is pretty much uh, yeah. a lot more selfish and it's <laughs> it, it's it's more it's more worried about the native's heart and what he or she thinks so I think that's the uh, that's probably the best uh, differentiation that we can give, and it's 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 more. Uh, um, I think it's 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 more uh, uh, easier to kind of understand if uh, if uh, if someone reads the book, especially the Moon Mercury book. Uh, it kind of sets the foundation for the entire uh, book. Actually, <laughs> the introduction that we have given is quite solid. I don't think. Uh, we could actually give a better introduction. But I think the entire idea of this uh, moon and Mercury kind of sets the foundation for the entire book. So yeah. people will kind of learn how to uh, differentiate various phases and how to actually interpret uh, yeah. different phases and different relationships between planets. Because uh, Mercury uh, mm. opposing the moon is, is not the same as Mercury in conjunction with the moon. It's, it's yeah. completely opposite. So... So it's 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 interesting to kind of play with these ideas and see how, uh, see uh, as Tara mentioned, Mercury is the rational mind or the logical mind, while Moon yes. is the emotional mind. So it's when Mo when the Moon and Mercury are conjunct, it's actually like emotional mind and logical mind are in one place. Yeah. Uh, and but when they are actually opposing, so it's, it's entirely different. There is a battle between the emotional mm. mind and the logical mind. So. Uh, the the point of this book is to kind of, uh, I mean, the, the goal of this book is to point out that this is entirely different and how we kind of look at it rather than, uh, it's it's not like we point out like this is how it should be, but no. uh, I think we just uh, share our experience in, in terms of saying that yeah. this, this is one of those ways we can look at it. I think we are probably giving a new dimension uh, to things yeah. that that's largely uh, less explored. Let's let's yeah. not say unexplored. Yeah, which is in the moon. And I know we have to go to break soon, but but yeah. in the and the moon, it's not just emotion; it's also mystery. And where and, yeah. and, and 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 it does hold our memories in evolutionary astrology. Some people say that between lifetimes we go back to the moon. It's almost like this a uh, memory bank of all of our experiences. And so, um, exploring this mystery even even if we can't put you know full explanations to things i don't know it made me feel like i 
I knew parts about myself more than I did before, or at least I'd explain. I them. am so inspired. I thought I, oh, and I do, we have to go, to, we are going to take a little break here in a moment, <laughs> but I am so inspired to get the book and I thought I ordered it. And then I realized, well, it's not published yet. That's why I don't have it. Okay. I'm sure I did order it and I'm going to double check because really what you're beginning, everything has a blueprint. Like if we take anything, usually it's from Aries, you know, like if we have a yacht, it goes to the 150 to Virgo and, 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 and Scorpio. So here you suggest in a way I'm interpreting this as a foundational because it's really, what a perfect way to say rational, irrational. Well, we will find out in a moment more of this mystery with (laughs) astrology by moonlight with Tara all of the USA and Ashwin Subramanian. I think I said that right in India. Thank you everybody. We'll be right back. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So... Grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Justin Elsey, and I'm an archetypal and transpersonal astrologer. And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss planetary orbital cycles and their meaningful influence on our experiences in our lives. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk, 1150. Wonderful. Wonderful. We're back again. And this is about the book coming up December 8th. I think I'll have you just briefly say, but it is um, Astrology by Moonlight. And you're both co-authors and it'll be December 8th, just in time for the holidays. And if anybody has time out, they can read it. Maybe immediately I get a book and it's like, oh boy, I have to start it, you know, but and so it's on Amazon and all the publishers, I would imagine. And yeah, on I mean, your... it's, it's through Llewellyn, so you can buy it everywhere books are sold. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's already all over the internet. So. Yeah, it's all over. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Because Llewellyn also publishes, I every year I get their wonderful, um, if I can grab it fast enough and, and everything, but they're great. Uh, I don't think this was this year's book, but their calendar. I mean, I love it. The Daily Planner. I couldn't live oh, without yeah. it. So Llewellyn, yeah. and that's 
yeah, it's great. Well, exciting. So planets, I read that you also do Pluto. Maybe you want to explain about the moon and Mars and moon and Pluto. I mean, I know they you want to talk about, we can mention, I mean, we can talk about, so Mars. Or anything you want. Yes. Mars is bridging reaction and action because the Mm. moon is very reactionary in nature and Mars is about taking action. And so in the book, we explore kind of the, some of the subtle differences and actually how the moon, Ashwin, you should describe how you talk about like how the moon kind of lights the stove or whatever that gets, gets Mm. Mars going, which is such a good way to look at it. Um, Uh, I think, uh, uh, I mean, there are so many ways with, uh, in terms of how we can, uh, explain or describe the relationship between two planets, but uh, see, like uh, as she said, Moon is uh, reactive in nature, and Mars kind of uh, is 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 all about action. So, mm. so uh, and another thing that we should not forget is Moon is uh, emotional security, while mm-hmm. Mars kind of mm-hmm. deals with physical security. So, yeah. uh, it's it's so when two people are together, so and and like i mean when two people are in a relationship and if one person is moon and the other person is mars uh, so one person is uh, reactive and the other person kind of uh, waits on uh, and he kind of acts to whatever uh, moon says so the moon kind of ignites the fire uh, in terms of reacting and mars takes over and it kind of acts so uh, yeah. so so it's difficult to kind of uh, associate one particular planet with one particular uh, human attribute or character or tendency because uh, each planet can be described as egotistic uh, like yeah. moon has one particular ego and mars has a specific mm-hmm. ego so so i think it's, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of difficult to kind of put a planet inside a bottle and just call that it is just this <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think each planet, uh, I mean, if, if I have Mars in the fifth house, I kind of express my creativity in a more flamboyant manner uh, than That's what me. I, I have Mars in the fifth house. Tara is pretty flamboyant, so I'm kind of a bit subdued. So, uh, I mean, that's that's the truth. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit subdued in terms of how I express and uh, how I uh, go yeah. about things. Yeah, so Tara is okay. more flamboyant. And the, so, there you are. So, you already have... Uh, a live example of well, what we are talking in the book. So. <laughs> yeah, I like this because I think, because I grew up with a gas stove and you had to light the pilot, right? Yeah. And, and then you bake the food. Yeah. And so I never thought, I always think of the moon, see, I don't know if I always do, but I think of one's water and fire, those, you know, mm-hmm. in their natural and it, sense. And it is, yeah. So it can create steam or it can put it out. And so I like this idea of initiating, though, something that, again, you may initiate a torrent of water that puts you out. But, you know, it could also be yeah. steam that, that replenishes the skin. It's well, um, yeah. And we think with the moon, like, the moon really does want what it wants. And that's powerful. Yeah. And Mars in us is quick to pick up on what we want. Mars is already linked with authentic desire. So part of part of that lighting the stove doesn't have to be fire that lights it, right? Even that that emotional desire or whatever to have something is strong. And and something else, the the other words we talk about with um, Moon and Mars is belonging, 
versus breaking out because right the moon you know it likes to stay where it's comfortable it likes to stay home whether it's a physical home or just where it's comfortable in life right and mars is the impulse to break out and so in addition to the reaction action you're also dealing with those two um dynamics in here so you know should i stay should i go right there's this whole back and forth thing but it's funny how reaction turns into action you know so there's like ashley yes. was saying they don't think these things don't operate by themselves. This is why mm -mm. astrology is so dangerous because we break things <laughs> apart and nothing <laughs> operates without the rest of it happening. You know, I, I, I remind myself over and over again, if I'm talking about a separate thing, it's never the whole thing because the separate thing doesn't, it's not separate. Yes. You know? Duality. Like a, it's, well, yeah. And, and pardon me for jumping with pluralism. No, That's the word pluralism. I was just having somebody was asking like postmodern astrology, it's pluralism, where it's every ever changing. And I think of what little I do know of Kabbalah. I did some talks mm. with it and about the Aries and the, the letters, Aries and Taurus. Mm. And it became so evident just what you're saying that, that the direction of Aries receives whatever it's bringing, which is immediate. I mean, it's, it's, it's this, almost like kinesiology it's immediate you know it's not you're right we tend to look at it like under a microscope like oh what is this okay blah and define it without the relationship and you're bringing in all the relationships and it's if you put and if you if you put moon and mars together that's a powerhouse for going after yeah. what i want the two of them together mm. i mean that's that's a lot of what would you say, Ash, when like lighting the yeah. stove and turning it into a big yeah, flame? I mean, so, <laughs> look, I mean, just, just, uh, I mean, make no mistake. We can actually put something in, inside a bottle and j just say that something is very objective. But still, I think there are different scenarios under which we would yeah. do it. Uh, just to kind of elaborate on what Tara said, uh, I think she kind of ignited the fire in me now. So it's like, uh, so. Uh, a father, let's imagine a father who has a daughter. So the moon side of him would give all the security and care that his daughter needs. Mm. Well, the Mars, uh, the Martian in him would kind of take over when uh, when there is some kind of a danger that is occurring to a daughter. So uh, and and the manifestation would kind of take place in such a way based upon the facial relationship of that particular mm. uh, father. Uh, in, in his natal chart or whatever his transits are uh, yeah. uh, prescribing. So yeah, it's j just to kind of give a context. So yeah. So Ashley, hmm. would you say that? Like, so for example, if the moon has more leverage in that relationship, then yeah, it's, it's more emotional. Yeah. Well, and also probably the, the, the more nurturing protective sort of hmm. the, the instinct to like, you know, take care of it is here. And if the Mars is stronger, right, the, the, it's just like, it's like a different energy leads. We talk yes. about, um, Ashwin, you mentioned, so for example, when, when the, when the moon is close to uh, Mars in the waxing part, it, the, the, the slower moving planet in this case, Mars has kind of a lot of power, right? Mm -hmm. The, the, the moon is like under the influence of that planet. Yes, and, yes, and yes. until it moves away a little bit more, it doesn't have much perspective or as much agency on its own. Yeah. So this yeah. is one way you can think about it with all of these relationships, right? It's like, um, you know, for example, if for me, um, my um, moon Mercury phase is crescent. So 
my moon is is my moon like my mind my i mercury has a mm -hmm. big hold on that energy and i mean and <laughs> if you know anything about me and not the fact that i just have south node and gemini on top of it you know but it's very very true right for me sometimes there's actually a struggle for me to let my moon um kind of do its own thing and then i'm born with a moon mars conjunction which shows you even more my intention to power up that moon you see sure. so you, when you start to look at these things in the context of a chart you start to kind of see oh okay you know in the conversation between the two planets inside myself who has more charge yeah and so, ashwin in your example like with that father you know is it moon or is it mars and that's going to have a lot to do with what the uh actions or the behavior or what we see on the outside or what that person feels on the inside what that would look like I mean, it's uh, uh, action. I mean, as as you pointed out, reaction and action. So it, it's. It, I mean, defense mechanism is also a part of action. So uh, yeah. based upon. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah. So, so for example, a father has to protect his daughter. He has to shield. So the action is actually defense mechanism. So it it could be counterattack or it could be just kind of you know putting a shield and just waiting for yeah. for the right time. So, uh, and whether or not the father kind of. Uh, uh, breaks out or puts a shield depends upon his nature. I think that's what you're trying to say in terms yeah. of uh, which planet yeah. has more hold in terms of yep. Uh, yep. what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that is, and so this is a just when you think about it within yourself, it just gives you a whole different, I guess, conversation to think about instead of just oh, I have a moon in Leo, right? Yes. There's so much. It's incremental. More, uh, incremental whole thing yeah i'm thinking the uh, so often the, the big picture just doesn't delineate the the subtitles or the mm. the nuances that are really important they're not one size fit all i mean there's a basic arena yeah. it's like any person in a city sure. or a country or family no i really love this and um I, i'm thinking because really what people are getting out of it is just that is to see but you can tell me what they're getting out of it. But I'm also fascinated with some of the outer planets, like what yeah. you did come up with, whether it was Neptune well, or Pluto. Well, we well we did all. I mean, so so I mean, they're all in there from Mercury out to Pluto, right? With yeah. with, with the Moon, and um, I don't know that we have time to do all of them, but we can. Let's no, just, it's okay. Let, you know, let's just jump the sizzle, forward. not the steak. Right, as they so say in sales. let's just go straight for Pluto because you know that's the wrap up and. Yeah. Pluto was a fun one to work with because Ashwin and his um, Indian and more traditional approach, like Pluto really isn't a player in that game. And so we, we did make sure that we both were part of writing that chapter because we did not want the evolutionary astrologer writing the entire thing on Pluto. So that gave a whole new look at it. But here's the thing. So moon Pluto is uh, bridging the ego and soul. And so that that really and, and also consciousness and unconsciousness, right? So there, the, and um, that piece is in there as well. So you know that that's a deep dive in there, it versus the, the part of me that you know is we think about in in the moon as the part of us. You know, we talked about it being reactive. It's the part of us really that kind of gets tossed around in life, right? Things happen, and we react, and we bounce, and we oh my gosh, and I don't like that, and I do like this, whatever. And Pluto is, you know, the is the deeper dive. It's a more steady current. It's it's what's the, at least in the evolutionary astrology way, it's the soul's uh, deepest desire, deepest intention for growth, and that 
operates at a level different than just how I'm reacting to my moment, which is so much of, you know, part of what the moon's experience is. So if you kind of want to know how your ego and soul, where they're at in sort of negotiating their bridging and how they work together, looking at that phase gives you a lot of information about that. Yeah. You know. I, okay, I'll interject. <laughs> I was going to wait there, Ashwin. I'm thinking well, that um, uh, it's changing the story, isn't it? Because the moon has our story that we we verbalize with our maybe that's really a big part of this, but by looking just for instance, what you're sharing with Pluto, it, it, it expands rather than just one, just like the book, rather than one article, it's the whole phases. It's this whole dimension of how to see our story differently because of how, yeah, we're perceiving it. Well, and some of us, like when it comes to ego and soul, some of us um, are needing to have, more of an experience of our separate selves. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we tend to like kind of demonize ego in our spiritual communities these days. And we wouldn't even have a separate self if, you know, without an ego, we would, there would be no separate self. So, but, so, but you can kind of see in that process, whether, you know, if that's, if the orientation is towards really kind of trying to come into that separate self, or if it's more of kind of a winding it down and almost like, um, you know, truly merging it into the more of the soul sense of self. And there's not one that's good or bad or better no. or worse or more evolved or less evolved. It's just literally where you are in a cycle. And sometimes we think about beginnings of things as being like somehow that's like uh, less experience. But the truth is something else has just ended. So it's a, it's yes. completely cyclical. Like there, there, it's it's not new phase does not mean that person is you know, a less experienced soul or whatever. Yeah. It's just simply at that moment in time. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's more of a lifelong uh, learning experience in terms of, uh, it's difficult to balance consciousness and unconsciousness. I mean, we are talking yeah. about two uh, yeah. higher realms of uh, spiritual or human experience. So uh, I think it's going to be a lifelong journey in terms of how we... Uh, interpret and analyze even for astrologers not just for normal people uh, mm. to kind of bridge this gap between consciousness and unconsciousness and by the time we do it we'll probably be dead so uh, it's 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 going to be a, a perennial journey and probably if if you believe uh, life after death i think it's probably never ending so yes uh, if yeah if, if you look at various indian uh, ideologies of karma, reincarnation, and same goes with evolutionary tradition as well. Mm -hmm. So this this particular thing is never ending. Yeah. Uh, the the ego and soul. Uh, so ego is, I mean, soul is omnipresent. So ego is, yeah. ego is present as long as this human physical uh, yeah. presence is existing. So. Well, and, and it's this constant dance of. I want to separate and do my own thing. And I want to return back to, you know, where I come from. So, you know, that's it. But the, but where we're at in the dance looks really different for different people. Yeah. Right. Um, sure. You know, uh, Sue, one thing uh, like with Neptune, which is one of my favorite ones, but oh, with, yeah. moon, with moon Neptune, uh, we talk partly about bridging time and timelessness because oh, yes. moon, moon, oh, I love it. moon i mean i i know we normally equate that saturn with time and i do not disagree no 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 i hear you well Go but ahead. moon is also a timekeeper right and yes. the idea that there is some sort of time you know and so yeah just like the the 
for some of us, right? Neptune, we're, we're, we're more in that space. Other people are much more rooted in the moon sort of presence of, you know, here right now, whatever here, you know, mm. what I need. And so, and again, you know, knowing where that negotiation is or where that integration is happening, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Right. And it's because, and the moon and Neptune are both mystical. So we talk about how, you know, there's similarities, but then how those become different. And that's because the moon, you know, is terribly attached to, to it, to what it needs and what it wants. And even, and, and even it's, um, you know, the moon in a, in a big part defends our self-image. You know, right? you just so. explored a whole, I'm thinking about my chart. I have all of that in the first house. I've got <laughs> Neptune, I've got the moon and the South Node. And the moon is separated. Oh. And by EA ways, evolutionary, 10 degrees, mm-hmm. it'd be like, yeah, they're conjunct. There's a wide conjunct, yeah. but it's the moon, it's the luminary. And so then now I'm thinking, oh, but my South Node, which is in Libra, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was thinking, well, what's happened is I must have wanted to separate from the one, the all, as I'm seeing, you know, you can think of as Neptune. We're all yes. like this yes. homogenous into yeah. being my North node, which is Aries, right? Yeah. Into like my separation. So it's like, oh, thank you. I'm definitely a fan and an advocate now. This book is definitely is your, ne- is your Neptune Is your Neptune moon conjunction, is it new? Yes, it would be new. No, no, it is new because the uh, the faster moving planet is the moon. So the moon had conjunct in its and it's, gone it's past waxing. It. Yeah, it's waxing. So, so, so what, what, I was thinking about that too. It's not so awesome. what what you just described makes perfect sense. Your 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 separate sense of self is trying to just get yes. away from Neptune. Right, you yeah. see? Well, it, and you, but at the same time, it's yeah. all that moon business. So it's like remembering. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. it's uh, was just a I just had a it's a constant mm. affair. It's like remembering all of the past, but then yet going, yeah. trying to let go and go, well, that was fine. And it was wonderful. I can move on now. <laughs> you know? But who's all with that. me? I'm, I'm I mean, looking, it's, it's, I'm it's like, the, trying, I'm looking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that it's like trying to find illusion and also disillusion at the same time. So, yes. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Yeah. And well, just working with imagination in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. So I'm rereading from the book. A moon Neptune new face person, especially at the conjunction, is particularly sensitive to the environment. The individual has just stepped through the door into a new state of consciousness and will need time to adjust. We can look at this as a baby born into a whole new world. Sometimes when we start a new cycle, we don't even recognize we've made the shift. It's doubtful a newborn baby grasps the magnitude of potential in its birth. Regardless, moon, Neptune, new phase individuals are finding a new rhythm that connects them with something greater. So, and then it goes on to talk about how the moon can fall under Neptune's spell in this, in this particular position. So, and Sue, I know you well enough to know this, right? And, (laughs) and for some people that's frustrating because it feels like, you know, why isn't it more accurate? Why isn't it on time? Why is it whatever? And that's what I'm saying. Part of this, you you come from the space where those things don't even matter, you know? True. And so that and that's once we can understand these things a little bit more, I mean, one, it gives us more compassion for ourselves and others, but also it just it's like Ashwin, I think you mentioned this, like it's just different frequencies and different ways of tuning yeah. in. And and so when we recognize, especially with your North Node and Aries, you're just figuring out how to get out of the 
you know. Well, it's most to kind of tie it together. And and thank you both very, very much for all of this. You know, (laughs) I did just move to Hawaii as of a year ago today. And so with the pandemic, which we're all experiencing, India, I will have compassion, had a hard time of it. It was in the news and hope it's going better for everybody you know so in other words all of our life has been eclipsed you could say and we're rebirthing so for me in a sense and you had aptly said tara during one of our planet buzz that jesus you actually moved here you have neptune and you moved in the middle of the ocean but the, <laughs> the point is is i'm i'm reconnecting with that baby's sense of where am i in the world that we are in today yeah. so and this book i can see is really uh um Food for thought. Well, it's the moon, right? It's food for thought. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about the moon and Mercury. Astrology. The whole title. Give me the whole title again, please. Well, it's Astrology by Moonlight. And then the subtitle is Exploring the Relationship Between Moon Phases and Planets to Improve and Illuminate Your Life. This is an uncorrected version, but this is what the book is. Oh, nice. Looks like, yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. it's going to come. It'll be my Christmas gift. I know I'm ordering <laughs> it. So Amazon. And, and over here, we get the prime. You have to. Yeah. Well, gosh, in a nutshell, um, and we're having the Moonbeam team next week, folks, so we can learn about the Moonbeam and more about the moon. It's our friend here. Uh, do you have some thought that you're hoping, there's so much that you've said for people to get out of it. Mm-hmm some takeaways or extra thoughts that you want to lend before we sign off in a few minutes? I think, uh, I mean, I think we have said most of the things, but one thing that I would like to add is that this book can be read by anyone. So it's not just the uh, traditional astrologer or evolutionary astrologer. Mm. And, uh, uh, and I mean, I, I come from a place because uh, uh, I say this because uh, I have this personal experience. I'm a very predictive and an objective astrologer. So if uh, I believe in kind of pinpoint predictions, but Tara is coming from the other side. <laughs> when both of us can kind of uh, bring a collaboration to work together, uh, I think reading is not a problem at all. So anyone can read this because everyone is kind of, uh, everyone has these uh, uh, planetary relationships in their charts and everyone mm-hmm. would really want to understand what's actually going on uh, in terms of the planetary relationships, uh, just let's not just take into houses or signs, basic elementary planet yeah. relationships. I think it's it's very rich uh, to, to kind of understand, to be able to understand uh, how our inner self is going to react or act towards the uh, anything that happens uh, externally so and if you just want to learn about the phases there's just great foundational material in here and i want ashwin i'm going to add to what you said the moon is about everyday people this book is i mean it's meant for all of us Oh, thank you. I really love having you back again, Tara. All thank it's you, Sue. Yeah, such a pleasure to meet you, Ashwin Subramanian. I've heard thank wonderful, you. kind things about you. And um, you have celestial vibes. And I know, Tara, you're all over the beautiful map with Isar and this wonderful book. And thank it's you. It's just nice to be here and have this talk together. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Sue, thank for you. having us. Bye. Okay, Um, till again. 
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Thank you.